when it comes to church communications, there really is no handbook on how to do it perfectly. But when it comes to being a Christian, there certainly is a handbook for life, and that's called the Bible. So, I went on a mission to find something from the Bible that we can use as inspiration to communicate more effectively as churches today. And guess what? I found something. I found five things that Jesus did that we can apply in our church communications today that can help us communicate more effectively with the people we're trying to reach. Hey, my name is Angelique and welcome to the Media Helper Podcast. In this week's episode, we will be looking at five ways to communicate more like Jesus did. I was ecstatic when I realized that we could learn from Jesus' ministry and apply it in church communications today. So let's just dive right in and talk about five ways we can communicate more like Jesus did. Number one, tell more stories. More than 30% of what Jesus taught was through telling stories. People just love hearing stories because they don't feel like they're being preached at. Teenagers are a great example of this behavior in human beings. Only because that's the pinnacle of life where that characteristic kind of, you know, sticks out. They just hate being told what to do. In fact, when you tell them what to do, it kind of makes them want to do the opposite of what you're saying or preaching at them. The moment they're empowered to make a good choice by themselves, they're inspired into doing it without you having to preach at them. You see, it's not manipulating them into trying to do the right thing. When they realize that they want to do the right thing, they make better choices. And the same with human beings in general, not just teenagers. Jesus used stories and specifically parables to reach people in a way that they realize that they want to do the right thing. Parables are simple stories used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. It does not use the person as a direct example, so they immediately feel less on the spot or personally attacked. People immediately start to look for similarities between themselves and the characters in the story. So they feel like that person in the story is a part of them, and they become sort of a cheerleader for that character. The character becomes a part of the listener, but in a world removed from their own. It's easier to learn from something when you remove the noise surrounding it and take it out of the situation that feels impossible. You see, people face many challenges every single day. And this one problem that you're trying to to address kind of is drowning in the middle of all the other noise that they're facing every single day. So when you try to preach at them and tell them to change this thing about their life, they kind of feel like it's impossible to do because it's right in the middle of all the other problems that they're facing. But when you tell a story or a parable, it isolates that thing in their life into a situation where it feels like it's possible to change it. It's inspiring because the situation suddenly seems like it's possible to overcome because you took a very 
solvable problem that felt unsolvable to them because it was in the middle of all the noise of their life and removed it from a situation where it felt impossible to solve. So suddenly they feel empowered to change. A great example of this is in Luke 10 in the parable of the Good Samaritan. From verse 25 it reads, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Now listen, this was not at all what that man thought Jesus was going to say. He wanted to justify his actions. But Jesus told him to just love on people and do the right thing. So Jesus used a parable to tell this man that what you're doing is wrong. And you need to love people better. But he didn't say it like that. Because if he said it like that, that guy would have never listened to him. Instead, he used the story where this guy felt like he needed to stand up for the character in the story. And that way, he learned better. He learned to do the right thing through being inspired. When we ask people to attend our events or activities... We need to use more stories. Way more people will get the message way quicker. No more advertising something for weeks and weeks and having people still buy tickets and come up to you and ask about every detail at the very last minute. I mean, I've been so frustrated by this. I worked in a church and this happens all the time. It doesn't matter if you start the advertising three months ahead of time or three weeks ahead of time or three days ahead of time. Every single time people wait till the very last minute and want to buy tickets at the door because they don't really listen to your ads. And that's not their fault. It's our fault. We need to do better at engaging people into our advertisements. Number two, talk about relevant topics. Jesus constantly surprised his followers by preaching on topics they did not expect him to. He had, and still has, this way of addressing topics that actually matter to people underneath all the worldly troubles and religious babble. He constantly adapted what he was teaching to the audience he was teaching to. He didn't go about preaching the same thing to every single person he walked into. We need to be relevant with our communications too. Keep your audience in mind. 
Think about who will be seeing your ad where you share it. For example, teens and kids ministry ads. I've seen it so many times and I've done it myself that the moment churches want to advertise any event that has to do with kids or teens, they aim the ads at the kids or teens, but they post it on Facebook. Now, this seems like it should be the right thing to do, but if you use your logic, you'll realize that Firstly, teens aren't on Facebook these days. Those that are are probably only on there because their parents are on there and they just want to let their parents feel that they see what they post on social media. But they, they just spend most of their time on Instagram or TikTok these days. And kids that are not in high school yet probably don't even have social media accounts, especially not Facebook. So you're advertising to a target audience that is not there. You know who is there? Their parents. They will be seeing the ad. So aim the ad at the parents instead of aiming it at the kids. The third way we can communicate more like Jesus did is to add more value and ask less of people. Jesus didn't just go around telling people that he is the Messiah. He did many other things too. He built up his credibility by performing signs and wonders and miracles and just loving people. He added value to his followers' lives and didn't just expect them to believe him. In the same way, we can't expect other people to just invest their time and money into our churches if we only ever advertise our events and activities. We need to start giving them things that give us a good reputation so that when we ask something of them, they want to invest in us. Don't just use your Facebook and social media um, to advertise your church. Use it to add value to people's lives. And they will be a lot more confident in your brand and they would want to attend your church. Number four, inspire instead of guilt trip. Jesus' way of teaching was always inspiring because he led by example. He can ask of us to love our neighbor as ourselves because he showed that it was possible to do it. He never had to guilt people into believing what he said and asked because his actions were proof enough that what he was saying was true. Not once did he expect people to follow something because it was the right thing to do. Instead, he inspired them so that they felt led to make a change in their lives. <sighs> I think that churches guilt trip people into doing things without even realizing it. They want them to do something, so they look up a verse in the Bible to match it, and then they essentially manipulate people with said verse. A common example is giving, especially when it comes to tithes. I often hear churches saying, you must give a tenth of what you earn to the church that you attend. And then quote Nehemiah 10 verse 35. And now there's nothing wrong with the theology, but when you use that to ask people to give, they feel obligated to do so because if they don't, they can be considered a bad Christian. Instead, tell people what you have done and what you will do to use the money they give. Then they will give because they believe in your cause and not just because you tell them to or because the Bible said so. And then lastly, point number five, reach people outside of your peer group. Jesus was a Jew, but most of his preaching was to Gentiles. 
he also carried a message that would expect the Jews to make a major shift in their beliefs. So his target audience was literally everybody but himself. He preached a message that challenged his peers. He preached to other people who believed something totally different than he did. My point, he aimed his message away from himself. He aimed it at people who were in many cases the opposite of what he was. If he had done that in today's day and age and on social media, his look and feel would have probably been something that he himself would have disliked. Why? Because he wasn't aiming his message at himself. We need to take the same approach with church communications. Stop aiming your ads and branding at people who are already in your church. Aim your marketing at the people you want to have in your church. Want more young people? Make your marketing appealing to them. Want to reach Satanists? Don't target a bright yellow ad with a big fat cross on it at them. You might need to make ads that you would probably hate. And that's okay. Just don't make ads that are appealing to the people that you've already reached. Always think outside of the box you're in. And that's it. That's five ways we can communicate more like Jesus. Number one, tell more stories. Two, talk about relevant topics. Three, add more value and ask less of people. Four, inspire instead of guilt trip. And five, reach people outside of your peer group. I really hope that this empowers you to communicate more effectively in your church. We're all really just doing what we think will work and what better example than Jesus Christ himself. If you want to learn more about church communications and how to use your social media and other communications channels to reach more people with the good news of Jesus, then follow our Facebook page and keep an eye out on this podcast because we'll release a new episode every single week. That's it from me. Until next time.